That's why my dog can't have cheese anymore. <laughs> Don't leave the cheese out. It's bad. I learned my lesson. Dogs, it makes them gassy. It's it's a huge problem. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Screen Fix News, where we will give you the latest news bits. I'm JC, the host, and with me as always is the host that carries the show, Lady Wan. Why don't you say hi to everybody, Lady Wan? Go. Hi, everyone. Did you do anything this weekend that was film related or tell us anything at all you did? Maybe it wasn't film related. Maybe you finally got your bonsai tree to look like the famous Kim K champagne paper magazine cover. Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, whatever you did, just let us know. Uh, Wow, that was a lot. Um, to literally no one's surprise, I watched Thor Ragnarok again. Whoa. Can't get enough. Okay. Literally can't get enough. I was, you know, it's funny because so- somebody asked me the other day, what's your favorite Thor movie? And I said, Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I I think Infinity War is the best Thor movie. Oh, he's so amazing in that movie. Yeah. So Thor Ragnarok, why, why'd you watch it again? Can't, can't get enough. It's on Netflix also. So that helps. Um, <laughs> I did buy it though when it came out. I immediately got that off iTunes. That's a purchase I had to make. But now it's on Netflix. So I was over at my friend's house and we're like, oh, what are we going to watch? And it was like Ragnarok. Has that become the one where if you can't find anything on Netflix, you'll just put on Ragnarok? It's currently replacing The Office in that capacity for me. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's dive right into our movie news tidbits this week. It's, it's not a big week for big news. It's little tidbits here and there, but some interesting interesting stuff. So first, one of the major things that dropped this week was the second Venom trailer and definitely the one that gives us the biggest look at Venom so far. I'm Eddie Brock. I'm a reporter. I always seem to find myself questioning something the government may not be looking at. I found something really bad. And I have been... That wasn't just bad editing or weird scenes that we saw in the first couple trailers. Tom Hardy really is mumbling and drooling his way through this portrayal. (laughs) And it's funny because I found this, uh, he did this interview and he says, quote, It's a bit like Ren and Stimpy, you know? They have different sounds. I always saw Venom as sounding like a James Brown lounge lizard and Eddie Brock as kind of... And apparently at this point in the interview, he switches to an aw shucks American accent. Oh, boy. Quote, I don't know, an everyday kind of guy, but he's inherited this massive ego, this beast, end quote. So the aw shucks, Amer- is this his critique on like an aw shucks American? Like, it- it's so weird. Does this explain why he sounds like he's playing an amateur boxer famed for the amount of concussions he's received instead of like a crack <laughs> reporter? Yeah, there's no way that he speaks for a living. Like, it's just not possible <laughs> that that's how he makes his professional life is like talking out loud because it's nonsense. <laughs> Interviewing people. There's no way that's how he's making his living. No. Uh, not only do we get more of the mumbling, we also get to hear from Venom himself. We will eat both your arms and then both of your legs and then we will eat your face right off your head. You will be this armless, legless, faceless thing, won't you? Rolling down the street like a bird in the wind. What the hell are you? We are Venom. Rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. So he says that like a poetic 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, that, so that's not only in the script, but like representative enough of the movie to be in the trailer. Wow. So... Oof. 
like a little bit of the the plot is that Eddie Brock is going to investigate these experiments being conducted by Riz Ahmed, who's playing a character called Carlton Drake. And Tom Hardy's going to find himself with this uh, symbiote attached to him. Everything with Venom is about people getting symbiotes attached to them. Yes. Woody Harrelson is rumored to be Carnage, and that's going to be somebody with a symbiote attached to him. Mm -hmm. Even the villain Carlton Drake is going to have a symbiote attached to him at some point. Uh, one with big giant like axe arms. Gross. He's playing a symbiote named Riot. So we got Venom, Riot, Carnage. They all have these names. You have to remember this comic came from the 90s. And in the 90s, comic books were all about extreme. Like everything <laughs> was extreme. Every character had muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles. Women were able to contort their body to somehow show their breasts and their butts. Like it was just, it was this time of extreme nonsense the 90s were not only was there like surge soda and the x games and all of this absurd extreme stuff going on but the comics reflected that same over the top mentality completely bananas and that's kind of where this comes from so we've got these extreme names riot Carnage, Venom, who, of course, get these symbiotes attached to them and become these hulking muscle on top of muscle beasts. So that's what we're getting here. I don't know. I feel like you either go one way or the other with it. You're either on board with how absurd it is or you're rolling your eyes hardcore. Uh, Which side (laughs) do you fall on, Lady One Go? I want to be on board so bad. I just, I really want to, and then I hear it, and I'm like, what are you even talking about? I am weirdly of two minds on this, a la Venom. We do not know how to feel about this trailer. (laughs) Have you ever seen a turd rolling down the street? No! (laughs) Have you ever in your life seen, like, a a large gust of wind picks up and a turd blows by you? No, no. I don't know. I don't know what happens on whatever planet the Venom goop is from. Apparently it's very gusty and there are just turds everywhere (laughs) flying in the wind. (laughs) I'm actually speechless about it. Uh, I can't believe this. Venom trailer. I'm less interested now than I even was before. This looks like crap, pun intended. Uh, Anyway, we have another trailer. This is our last trailer here we're going to do for you. Not a big trailer week. The Lizzie trailer. Lizzie Andrew Borden, please place your right hand on the Bible before you. Do you swear before Almighty God to tell the truth in all matters pertaining to the murder of Andrew and Abby Boyle? Are you afraid? What? To your knowledge, did your father have any enemies? This is America, sir. Every man with the pulse has enemies. Lizzie, based on the... Lizzie McGuire TV show, right? A serious take on the Lizzie McGuire TV show. (laughs) Uh, Lizzie, based on the very infamous Lizzie Borden murders. Well, uh, accused. She was accused of murder. She was never actually convicted of murdering her stepmother and her dad. But do you remember that old morbid nursery rhyme? A lot of nursery rhymes are morbid anyway, mm-hmm. like London Bridges and all these other ones. Yeah. But anyway, there was the the one that said Lizzie Borden took an axe mm-hmm. and gave her mother 40 wax. And when she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Yeah. All right. So there's pretty morbid Ooh. stuff here. But um, and she didn't really hack her mother 40 times or her father 41 times. It was more like in the teens. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> but, I didn't but anyway, even think she hit 20. Uh, Right, exactly. But anyway, this movie is a 
re-examining of that story of Lizzie Borden. Uh, she axed her two parents to death in Fall River, allegedly axed her two parents to death in Fall River, Massachusetts. This movie in particular is trying to show a love affair between Lizzie, played by Chloe Sevigny, and the Bordens' live-in maid, Bridget Sullivan, played mm-hmm. by Kristen Stewart. The new housemaid, ma'am. It's Bridget. My name's Lizzie. I I know that there were rumors that perhaps Lizzie had been lesbian as an older woman, but the thing is, it's like older women who don't get married, they're, they're, back then they always speculated that stuff. There was actually a, uh, an author, Ed McBain, who did a novel called Lizzie in 1984, who suggested that Lizzie committed the murders be, uh, after being caught in a love affair with Bridget. Mm. There's no factual basis for that. I know Bridget went on after that to work in other houses, and she even got married to a man after that. So there's no real basis for that, but this author, when he did a novel about this, he uh, included that. But this movie, I think, is largely going to piggyback off of that. It does show this love affair, and it even includes Lizzie's father. Uh, it suggests that he's acting uh, inappropriately. Actually, it's it straight implies sexual assault against the maid, Bridget. Do you find your room comfortable? It can get quite hot up there. Sometimes it's best to leave the door open. It's all right, sweet girl. Father, have you done something? I think they're making a lot of assumptions here. Lizzie also had a sister, Emma, who is not in this trailer at all. I don't even know if she's a character in this in this movie. But anyway, Lizzie, though, do you think this is a story that you want to watch? What did you get from the trailer? Lady Wan, go. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing this. I love me some true crime. So I'm interested to see this reimagining, as they call it, which is like a fancy Hollywood word for we made it up. (laughs) So I'm excited to see that. I think that uh, Chloe Sevigny and Kristen Stewart look like they've got some good chemistry. Um, Also, there's a lot of scenes, even though they're like filled with tension and kind of creepy, they're in the daytime. So that really works for me because, again, I'm frightened of everything. So, yeah, this is this is right up my alley for sure. Axe murder. In the daytime. <laughs> In the daytime yeah. makes it all better. Oh, awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this looks good. It definitely looks well shot. The acting is going to be great. It does look very sensual and also uh, really good tension. Yeah, Lizzie, why not? Sure. I'm down. Next, we have a movie, a yet untitled movie from the writer named Charles Randolph. Uh, he's the Oscar-winning co-writer of The Big Short. So he's done well with uh, adaptations of real historical events. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be tackling a Me Too movie. We've got uh, Charlize Theron is going to be playing former Fox News host Megan Kelly. Uh, Nicole Kidman is going to be playing Gretchen Carlson. And Margot Robbie is going to be playing a fictional associate producer. And this is, of course, the story of the women who took on the head of Fox, Roger Ailes. In fact, uh, Nicole Kidman's character, Gretchen Carlson, was the first person to file sexual harassment against Ailes because she was fired. Basically, it's going to be an ensemble, just like The Big Short was. How do you feel about this? This is, uh, we're going to get these movies about uh, Me Too coming out here, it looks like. I mean, there's a number of movies out there circling Harvey Weinstein. I know that Brad Pitt was set to produce 
a film about Harvey Weinstein. Uh, that one was going to focus on the New York Times reporters, Jody Cantor and Megan Tuohy's investigation of Harvey Weinstein and how they brought that to light. Brian De Palma is was working on one. He wasn't going to come out and call his character Harvey Weinstein directly, but it was his was going to be more of a horror film about a sexual predator assaulter in the film industry. Also, David Mamet has thrown his name into the hat, the man who wrote Glen Gary Glen Ross. He's working on a project about Weinstein as well. He's actually trying to get John Malkovich to play Weinstein. So we've got Weinstein movies, we've got Ailes movies coming out. Looks like we're gonna get all of these Me Too stories out there in film form. Do you think this is good or do you think this is profiting off of something that should be an engine for positive change. What do you think, Lady One? I don't know that those two things are mutually exclusive. I think that telling this story is important when it's a change agent. But I also feel like there's so many stories that haven't been explored yet that maybe are not so much brand new and still being explored and uncovered. Um, there's um, there's a book called The Good Girls Revolt that um, a friend of mine gave me to read, and it's about the women at Newsweek who basically sued their bosses to be treated like actual employees <laughs> to get promotions and to get assignments and to become reporters instead of just fact checkers. And like, there's these stories of women that, that have come to a conclusion and that can be built upon, and we're still finding stuff out about what's going on with all of these Hollywood stories, the Fox News thing. I just, my concern is that it'll be so fresh that it won't be fully developed. And then if something comes out that's not true about it later, it undoes the whole thing. It's a good take on it. Yeah, there just seems to be so many that I hope, like, there's not a year where they all come out at the same time. and Real Dante's Peak Inferno situation or something. Yeah, instead of the year of uh, asteroids, it just be the year of assholes. Uh, <laughs> It does feel very early. I mean, I mean, I know right now Harvey Weinstein is in court, like now. So these movies are coming fast. I'm sure we're going to get the Kevin Spacey one next and <laughs> all these other ones that are just going to come out. And I just hope that these stories are not going to be Hollywood getting richer off of their own atrocities. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty gross. Let's go from something super serious to something super goofy. Uh, apparently, Dave Bautista is going to be playing opposite a child in an action comedy <laughs> called My Spy from the director of Get Smart. So my big thing here is, okay, so but Batista, he had a supporting role in Blade Runner 2049. He starred opposite Sylvester Stallone in Escape Plan 2. There's not that much going on for him right now. Mm -hmm. So is he doing the tough guy opposite child? Is he in that phase that all large buff stars have to go through because we had Arnold Schwarzenegger did Kindergarten Cop. Mm -hmm. What's the matter? Oh, I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Hulk Hogan did Suburban Commando. Vin Diesel did The Pacifier. Yep. The Rock did The Tooth Fairy. Yep. This is well-worn territory. Yes. Is Batista, is this just a stepping stone in every tough guy's film career? I guess so. It just, I can't say I'm surprised, but I also can't say that I will see it. <laughs> 
I don't know. He's got great comedic timing. It could be good, but I'm for sure not interested in watching like a six foot five guy talk to a nine year old girl. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not, I'm good. <laughs> like, someone else go see that and let me know how it is. So, yeah. So, in this movie, he's going to be a Hollywood reporter, says he is, quote, a hardened CIA operative who finds himself at the mercy of a precocious nine-year-old girl having been sent undercover to surveil her family. It sounds so dumb. So dumb. After Infinity War, I don't know. I liked that he was in Blade Runner 2049. He was great in that. He was fantastic in it. I want more for Dave. I think he wants more money. So (laughs) that's why this is happening. All right. I don't have much else to say about this other than I wanted to talk about how all these buff dudes end up in a movie with kids. It's super weird. (laughs) Let's get on to something else super weird. DC, so confused, only excited for Shazam. But anyway, uh, they're going to go ahead and dip into some animation here. They are going to make a Super Pets movie. (laughs) (laughs) And in case you're wondering... I am. (laughs) (laughs) The Super Pets team first appeared in Adventure Comics in 1962. What? Yeah, they had been in other, separately, some of the members had been in other comics previously, but together, they were together in 1962. They were like a Silver Age of DC type of thing. Stories were a little silly. No. In fact, they didn't really appear after the Silver Age at all. So anyway, the team is, basically here was their first appearance. So Superboy gets gets defeated by some group called the Brain Globes of Rambat. I feel like you're lying to me right now. And what happens is, is the Legionnaires, some, some group from back then, notice that the Brain Globes cannot control animals. So they gather Crypto the Superdog, who's basically like Superman's dog. Streaky. Streaky, this this is a real comic. Streaky the Super Cat, who was Supergirl's cat. Beppo the Super Monkey, who was a stowaway on Superman's comet to Earth, apparently. And Comet the Super Horse. So the pets defeat the aliens. They're named the Legion of Super Pets. And they're the four-legged branch of the DC universe. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, dear. And what's weird, the weirdest thing about this, though, is so Comet, the, the super horse, <laughs> mm-hmm. he was actually uh, originally like a centaur in ancient Greece. And he's actually become a human a few times, having a supergirl fell in love with the man form of Comet oh, super no. horse. Oh. And he also had a romance with uh, Lois Lane. Oh, this is not good. So I think he probably retained the horse genitals. Ew, ew, ew. Okay, anyway, what do you think about this super pets cartoon obviously i don't think they're going to use a lot of the comic stuff i think they're going to go off in their own direction but does dc need super pets oh my gosh dc needs an intervention (laughs) like this is this had to have been a dare right this is absolute nonsense i no like no can we stop them (laughs) I just think Super Pets is hilarious. I this actually is so stupid. The thing is, I'm actually sad that it's not live action. To be honest, what this <laughs> this needed to be live action. Explain yourself. I don't want it to be a cartoon. I want to see a live action dog and cat flying around with a little cape on. What? Yes, this should have been live action. I'm actually upset about it. Anyway, Super Pets <laughs> coming coming soon. 
not not so soon they're still making it but you know it's on the way this is bad in other bad ideas <laughs> they're gonna do a sandlot prequel <sighs> how could they do a prequel is, is it gonna be like the kids in diapers or like what 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 is this i mean other than the worst idea i've heard since a super pets movie you're killing me small <laughs> um this is so i guess this is supposed to be about like previous adventures with the beast and like other kids who were afraid of the beast before them. So like a different group of kids in the 1950s? I guess so. But why? Like, I don't... I'm just honestly exhausted by the number of bad ideas that are coming to fruition. <laughs> this is this is insane. This is a like a yeah. really weird move to make because you're going to make this a kid's movie, right? Right? I guess it's going to be a kid's movie and uh, uh, you're right. Like what, what other fertile ground is there other than that story that was told to Scotty about the beast eating. Yeah, he ate some kids. Some <laughs> kids or some bandits or something. Yeah, there's... Uh, it's got to center around the beast, I guess, and like a different group of kids playing playing baseball and having a summer and coercing a lifeguard into French kissing you. That's assault, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Peppercorn. So the Sandlot, I hope that thing goes straight to Netflix or something. Oh, I, I like I literally cannot think of one good thing that could happen in that movie. It's terrible. You can't even have cameos for them. No, like, never mind that they're all adults now. You're you're trying to go further backwards in time. None of this works. This is all just so bad. You couldn't go forward in time, and it's a bunch of kids, and the original Sandlot kids are their parents or something? Right, because then you still get to make it, like, what what would it be then? Like, 70s or 80s or something? Yeah. Like, that would be make, cool. like, an 80s movie. You still get yeah. some nostalgia, but you get, like a new group of kids in there with some new nostalgia that's way better than a prequel this is a terrible idea and maybe the sandlot where they used to play has actually become like a youth baseball field named after the one character who actually become a professional baseball player benny the jet and, yeah <laughs> and uh you know maybe they're trying to just you know save the quote-unquote sandlot save the old baseball field that's that's sitting there because they want to tear it up and turn it into a strip mall cause it's the 80s yeah yeah Screw strip malls. Boo. Who needs another Orange Julius? Come on. That would actually be really good right now, though. <laughs> Orange Julius is pretty good. So good. <laughs> Who needs another Sabero pizza? Come on. That's pretty good, too. It's not the That's worst. pretty good, too. All right. We're not really making the case here. All right. So anyway, <laughs> our, last, <laughs> our last piece of news here. Uh, we've been talking about this a lot. It's uh, the Sony's Spider-Man-less Spider-Verse. Yeah. Uh, we're getting another film. So we already had, we know that they're doing Silk Spectre. Remember we talked about her? Mm -hmm. They're going to be doing Venom, of course. We just talked about that trailer today. That's another character in the Spider-Man-less Spider-Verse. We're going to get, it looks like we're going to get Craven the Hunter, who is probably one of Spider-Man's most famous enemies in his rogues gallery but we're gonna get a story of just him so who is this craven well his name is sergey kravinov <laughs> and he was the son of a russian immigrant uh, who fled to the u.s in 1917 and he is basically a big game hunter who wants to hunt spider-man because he wants to be the greatest hunter in the world. But why is he able to hunt Spider-Man? Well, he doesn't use guns or weapons or normal weapons. He likes to take people down. And well, he likes to take dangerous animals down with his with his with his hands, with his bare hands. Yeah. And yeah, and he's got this whole like code of honor and he wants to hunt fairly and he he has a sense of gamesmanship. Yeah. 
But the reason why he's able to fight things hand-to-hand is he's got this potion that gives him strength and... That's not fair. Also slows his aging process because he should be old as hell. (laughs) But anyway, he's also a member of the Sinister Six. So if this Spider-Verse is heading towards a Sinister Six movie, he's one of those pieces. He's also been in Venom stories. So it's he's not out of left field. But I don't know. Are they taking a page from Marvel and trying to slowly build towards uh, Sinister Six films and uh, is Tom Holland ever going to be released into this mess? Uh, Like, I I wish I knew the plan. I wish I knew when Sony was going to be able to grab Tom Holland and throw him into these films or if Marvel has final say on that. Because Amy Pascal of Sony, there's that famous footage where there's that awkward interview where Amy Pascal was like, yeah, the R movies are in the Marvel Universe with Spider-Man and Kevin Feige sitting there like, uh, ha, 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 like awkwardly, like (laughs) trying to maintain his composure. So what is the plan here? And do we need Kraven the Hunter? Do we need Sinister Six? I think a lot of this is riding on the back of how Venom is going to do. What do you think, Lady Wan Go? So I would say I respect the concept of slowly but surely building characters individually in their own movies, one at a time, really investing in that character for that movie. However, building a universe without a son doesn't make sense. Spider-Man is the son in this universe. So if you don't have him, we're going to lose our gravitational pull. Everything's going to go wrong. Everything's going to just go flying out of orbit. It's not going to make any sense. (laughs) That's so great. I just scienced all over the place. That was really awesome. (laughs) I I would never have put it in such great terms like that. It was awesome. (laughs) Just drop the mic. Science. You're right. This Sony thing does not have its son. Mm-hmm. Are they trying to make Venom the son? Are they trying to make Silk Silk Spectre the son, which is basically female Spider-Man? I think they're just hoping that the son will show up and that they'll get him back. And that's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> yeah, I I don't have high high hopes for this either, especially after my comments about the Venom trailer. Oof. I mean, if they're trying to make franchises around people who say things like "turd in the wind." <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's the right direction. <laughs> anyway, and Craven the Hunter, he has like one really good comic book run called Craven's Last Hunt. And other than that, he's, I don't know if he's that compelling. They've got their work cut out for him. Yeah. Anyway, do you have any, do you have any final thoughts this week? Why did I just go so high pitched? I don't know. <laughs> any final thoughts this week, Lady Wan? I feel like we need to revisit one of your favorite topics again, which is the latest in Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun! That's right. The unofficial Top Gun pod screen fix news. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's right. There was news. uh, So Glenn Powell, who was my choice for Goose's son, missed out on that. It went to Miles Teller. But it looks like Glenn Powell, they liked him so much, he's going to get a role in the movie. Yeah. Yay, Glenn Powell gets to be in Top Gun. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's good stuff. Okay, so that's been our news this week. Uh, why don't you send us home, Lady Wan? If you'd like to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to ScreenFixPod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at ScreenFixPod and find us on Facebook as well. Just search for ScreenFixPodcast. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Stitcher, Libsyn, Google Play, and of course, Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please review us. Give us a rating. We would love that. And if you subscribe, you will never miss an episode. And like a lot 
of the time, there's two episodes a week, so don't miss them. If you listen to both of these episodes a week, you are the smartest movie person in your office, mm-hmm. in your house, mm-hmm. in your car. Definitely in your car. We also have a Patreon account uh, where you can donate to the show. We'd love to keep this going forever. And uh, we also have hopes of opening a one-screen theater that you can be a part of, home of film festivals and movies and all kinds of things like that. Why don't we send things off with, why don't you give me your best Venom saying, turd in the wind. (laughs) I don't remember how he said it. (laughs) How does he sound? Like a turd in the wind. (laughs) It's just so dumb. They don't fly. What? (laughs) Who wrote that line? Turds don't fly. Like a turd in the wind. (laughs) There's a little Christopher Walken in there. I'm I'm not going to lie. Oh, I hate it. (laughs) All right. Look out this week. We do have our screen fix episode of Mission Impossible 6 coming out. All right. Look for it. Bye, everybody. Bye.